I just want people to think that I'm in uh, like the a Royal Tenenbaums movie or something like that. Anyways, here's the intro music. I forgot to put the overlay on that. Oh, well, we're, we're sponsored by Tour Gear Designs and Chase Bliss Audio this week, but you'll see the cards for that later. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. That's absolutely true. Uh, you want to jump into our first ad? Yes. This was sent to us by Michael Krause. He put it on the Facebook group. We're only going to do two ads uh, this episode, and uh, we're going to do an extra topic. But uh, I saw this thing and immediately was like, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a Fender Flying V. It sure did, is. Did you, did you read the copy on this? Uh, I think I grazed it. Oh, uh, it, because it's, it's from Goodwill, and it's, they don't have copy from... The original owner, they have copy from Goodwill, and it says, customer has written stating that Fender did not make a flying V. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, okay, now I understand. I was thinking that this was like a weird, I, I didn't realize this was Goodwill. I thought this was eBay. No. So they're saying that somebody wrote to Goodwill, like a customer, not necessarily an actual customer. I was thinking like, if you're an eBay customer, you could be a buyer or a seller. Sure. So I or like I thought maybe this was a consignment. I wasn't thinking of this as being a goodwill thing. Yeah, that's pretty. I'm having pretty some wine. Hilarious that they this is being sold as a um, as a Fender Flying V. As a, yeah, as a Fender Flying V. This I mean, is a mine's odd, right behind me. A Fender Flying V. Yeah. <laughs> this is an odd uh, serial too. This is a. Like made in Korea Squire series, um, so that's kind of yeah. a unique thing. Um, it's got those super cheapy t tuners on it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't. I was I don't... trying to place this body. I know I've seen this exact body before somewhere with that odd cut pit guard and the hard cut uh, for fret access there. It's a, it's you know a, a Randy Rhodes sort of concept, but it's not made by uh, Jackson or, or whoever. I almost want to say it's like an uh, one of like the offbeat music yo Kramers or something like that. But those yeah, had quad rails in them, and this has my like instinct a, with those with those uh, rails is would be something like Kramer. But um, well, Kramer put quad rails in everything uh, in the music yo stuff. And that's more like a dime bag rail or whatever. Well, yeah, these are. are the the Bill Lawrence style rail. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget what they're called, but yeah, I'm just trying to look up V V guitars. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> real quick, <laughs> if if you recognize this body shape and you're a viewer or a listener, um. Tell us in the comments whether you're here live or you're watching this a decade from now. And I'll just sit here and sip my wine and admire this thing, <laughs> this beautiful so, beast. Um, so they're asking, like, or right now this is up to, like, $177. I don't know if it's um, up to or if that's just starting bid. 
current no. price minimum bid is 177. So yeah, maybe that's maybe they started at zero and that's just the current bid. I mean, you said this was on Goodwill, right? Yeah. Let's see if it's still up. It comes it comes with uh, goodwill.com. It comes with a bridge and the springs and the hardware and everything. Um I don't really recognize the bridge as being a true Floyd Rose. Let's see if I can zoom in on that. Yeah. It is it's some a, other kind of concept here. It's at $202 with um, four days to go. Is it, it 202 the, It comes with all the hardware and a hard shell case. You know about what they say about the hard shell case. You know, I'm looking at the closer Melts at this headstock mouth, now hand. that I found it, and I'm think I think this might be a decal swap. Really? I don't know. the The fender look a little bit so high. Who would swap? Oh, you're just saying that's a Squire Squire, not a Fender Squire. But why yeah. would they put a small Squire logo on the bulb of the headstock to fake people out? Why would they fake a Korean Squire? I don't know. I'm just saying that. Uh, th then I'm I'm looking at another one. It does look oddly I'm, placed. It does look oddly placed. I look. Yeah, I found another one on TD uh, TDPRI though, and somebody else has it sitting really high. So that's might just be the way they were done. Um, I mean, the rest of it looks Fender to me. Yeah, I mean, it's got those cheap Fender tuners from that time period. So yeah, black. Blackest of the Black says that it is a generic V kit off of eBay. I might believe that. That might be exactly what it is. Um, so but that so bridge, though, what that you, bridge is suspect. Think? It makes me think that this is a much older body because I've never seen that bridge before. Also, I think it's a little obviously that's meant to be a locking style bridge, unless it's not because I've never seen that bridge before. But to me, it <laughs> looks like a you know a, a Floyd Rose style sort of concept. Um, there's no, you know, locking nut on this. So it's kind yeah. of a funky concept in that. I, I have trouble believing that anyone should pay over 175 over, bucks for this. It's over $200 now. That's crazy. That's too over much. $200. Does that include shipping? Um, I don't know. Cause I don't know how goodwill. Uh, I mean, maybe we don't works. We don't know the right stuff about this body. Maybe that's a really freaking cool body, and everyone else knows, and we don't. This is saying shipping is going to be FedEx grounded, and they are estimating twenty four dollars to ship it to San Diego from Iowa. Yeah, I it, that's that's putting this thing. It's going to end up being like two hundred fifty bucks at the current bid. And you said there was a couple of days left. I think this thing's already overpriced. Maybe people are looking at the pickups and they're willing to take, you know, they're yeah. willing to take a, a uh, gamble on it. Big ears here. Grant is here. He says so it's definitely an Ibanez body. Um, his old teacher had one. So there you go. It's an Ibanez body. Oh yeah, I found one. There the we go. Ibanez, we're we're uh, we're solving the mystery in real time here. The Ibanez Proline PR sixteen hundred nineteen eighty five. That Damn. is that explains that the, funky bridge. And those are, look like to be the original pickups. Wow. 
Abenez. Now I can't Pro tell. Line. Um, I can't tell if that's the original bridge. The bridge is. Well, here you go. A- this exact same color on, on reverb right now, three grand. Holy smokes! Really for the body, not for. I mean, for the complete guitar with the bridge with those pickups. So yeah, people might be looking at this right now and going like, "Well, I can flip that body." It looks like the. Uh, I can't tell if all the bridge parts are there, but that is the original bridge. I mean, you so could. This find... is one of those bridges that's got a bunch of little weird, you know, micro tuners and whatever. So yeah, yeah, kind of hard. Hard to tell what all the one on reverb looks really clean, and it's got that like uh, '80s Japanese pearlescent uh, paint on it mm. that Fender was the using one, in the '80s. The one I'm looking at on eBay um, does have a Floyd Rose retainer, but not a locking nut. Um, I'm pretty sure this one on reverb has a locking nut. Let me get back to the headstock. Um, this, this one says, oh yeah, no locking one, nut. This one on eBay says it was owned by Paul Gilbert. Well, damn. He he had it and then he didn't like it, so he got rid of it. <laughs> That's how good it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, looking at the price, that was it seemed like a normal price, like three grand for these things. I mean, looking at that, maybe. I mean, my my tone has shifted here. Maybe this thing is worth. 700 bucks and you take the neck off you find yourself a real decent ibanez neck on Mm -hmm. ebay Mm -hmm. you spend maybe Mm -hmm. 500 bucks on a really decent ibanez neck maybe even Mm -hmm. a thousand and suddenly you're in the territory because you've got the original hardware you've got the original bridge suddenly you're in flip territory you've invested under two grand and you might be able to flip it for 2500 three grand if you can convince yeah. people that the neck you put on it is better than the original. <laughs> okay, so the one I'm looking... I found another one on Reverb um, that's red. Is that the one you were looking at? No, I was looking at one that's this exact color. Okay, the one I'm looking at is red. And on the one on Reverb does have... Um, it's not a locking nut. It's a locking string tree. Oh, weird. Um, so it's, so it's like uh, one of those floating locking trees. Yeah, so kind of. Oh, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's floating. It's mounted to the neck, but it's oh. kind of like what the Fender, sure, uh, Contemporary series has. Interesting. This is really cool. This is all of a sudden going from like, yeah, this is dumb. Well, it caught my eye. Like, Pooh Ninja said, "So someone ruined two guitars for this." <laughs> well, they ruined one guitar. The other one was a Squire. So who cares? Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of the fantastic Squires, but I don't think it's an awful Squire. Those early Korean Fender Squires. Yeah, they're okay. They're all right. They're they're all right. They're all right. Man, learning. Learning new things. This is fun. I like this. This is what I like to do. This is like the old days when we were just like chatting and swapping links all day while we were supposed to be working. (laughs) Can I do full screen on? Oh, I could if I wanted to. That's wild. Or I could do this. (laughs) Oh, look at that. See my whole face. Great. Just what people want to see, your whole face. <laughs> Just exploring options. Well, I could do this. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Steve? Uh, what do you think about my plan to buy this, buy a really nice neck, and then flip it if you want? 
I mean, I think the thing is, is, uh, is it going to be like the right neck? I don't think it, it comes just, with the bar. Just... It comes with the bridge, but not the bar. But you might be able to find a bar that will work with it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm looking at, I found a vintage Ibanez EX electric guitar neck for $125 on eBay. There's definitely a plenty of old Ibanez X series necks. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, on eBay. So, you know, you could definitely do something. You could do something, says the Steve. <laughs> All right. Well, what's new, man? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing fine. My new thing is what everyone's looking at right now. $40 on Amazon. New camera day. New camera day. I actually showed up uh, today. I got home from work. I unboxed it. I plugged it in. I should have unboxed it now and then plugged it in. <laughs> waited for the driver. And so I, I put it all together and then I go downstairs and I go, I'm like, Melissa, you're going to have to like, I left it on. I actually was already logged into StreamYard, just letting the camera run so she could see. Cause I was like, you know how normally the stuff by the piano is like kind of in the dark and out of focus. I was like, that's not the case anymore. <laughs> can, it's like everything back there is, is very much. Uh, we can really see the shoes up. now. Like I can really tell what shoes you have. That's all. That's uh, the top half of that is my, all my shoes. We're going to get all these. There's some white, there's some white vans that are mine in there. We're going to get, you know, our, our live streaming rigs just really professionally figured out. You've like redone your whole room around it. Yeah. And then uh, someone's going to come out with a miracle cure for COVID and we're all just going <laughs> to go back to normal and be like, well, I guess we don't live stream anymore. <laughs> I mean, we can, we could have done it for that, uh, for the Gibson thing you did yesterday, but yeah, you were at work though, um, weren't you? I was at work. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, if there was like a, if we, if we wanted to postpone that. Oh, sure. Um, I could have planned my day new, around you. My other new thing is apparently I wasn't as awful at guitar as I thought. A couple weeks ago, because I got asked to play electric guitar again this week. So either they're they're really desperate, or I wasn't completely the worst. You know what? I tuned in for like two songs because uh, I get notifications when your church goes live, uh, and I saw you playing acoustic guitar, and I listened to it. And I was like, Steve's doing fine. He's holding down the groove. Yeah, I can play. Like I'm okay. I'm okay on acoustic. It's the electric stuff that makes me nervous. <laughs> but uh, the set this week is a little. Uh, it's a little more. I actually, when I first got, it, I was like, "Ah, oh, gonna have to haul all this stuff." And da, 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 da. and then the set list came out, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm kind of excited." Like the set list is one I'm a little. I feel a little more comfortable with. So mm. I'm supposed to be playing. I just agreed go. to it today. I'm supposed to play this Sunday for an outdoor limited seating. Uh, social distancing service. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's to, um, they're supposed to max it out at 150 people. They're going to do it in a parking lot and have all the seats super far away from each other. I'm like, I kind of want to do it just to see the spectacle, to see what this yeah. is going to be like. <laughs> so that's what I don't. So we're do what we're doing is um, three weeks of we're going back to three weeks of streaming. Um. And then uh, three weeks after three weeks of streaming, we're going to do an outdoor service. But I have no idea where because we don't really have a parking lot that you could do 
like our parking lot wraps around the building. It's very, right. it's actually a pretty small parking lot. So I have no idea how they're going to set that up. Um, yeah, I, I just have no idea, but, uh, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Our friend's church, um, got on the news because they held services last night, Ooh. like full services. Yeah. Freaking shoulder to shoulder. Uh, they got the, everyone, the everyone like breaking off bread and dipping in the same communion I mean, cup. might as well. <laughs> Passing past- it and just getting their lips all over the communion cup. And this is like a, this is a, um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're a, technically a mega church, but they're a young hip church network. Okay. Uh, that is pretty well known, I guess. You'll have to I, tell I me really later know. which friend in which church, cause I, I don't know who you're talking about, but that's um, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, no need to dox say, them. Don't dox I'll them right just, now, Steve. I'll just say like not name dropping, but well, I'll just say that it's a friend of ours. that's very popular in the praise and worship internet circles. Okay. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, I guess for- we have two, I guess we have two friends who fit that criteria but maybe it's the one that is probably closer has been friends with us longer okay okay you just <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> later <laughs> i've got a new thing here well i got i got two new i got three new things uh yesterday i filmed an unboxing and today i published it of two new harley bentons first the heaviest i got the harley benton single cut uh 450 LD, I think is the model number. Is it like heavy? Like, is it? It's a Les Paul heavy. heavy. Like it's, it's a brick, Um, (laughs) but it's not insane for a Les Paul, but it's definitely like exactly what you would expect looking at, you know, a carved top with a maple cap on it sort of thing. Uh, Surprisingly, this is a sub $200 guitar. Surprising amount of flame on the top there. It's got a bit of a shimmer to it. I don't know if you can see that through all my pixels. Uh, I can see it every once in a while. It pops. Um, I'm really, really impressed with this thing, especially for it being, it's 180 us before shipping, but mm-hmm. then you do shipping. You might as well call it, you know, a 250 to $300 guitar. And you got to wait two months for them these days, apparently. And then I also got one that I fell in love with, um, at the last TGU, the sparkly fusion here. Got this cool glitter top on it. Roasted maple neck. It's got this real like Ibanez AZ sort of feel Ooh. to it. It even this thing even has a little bit of flamey on the fretboard. Yeah. But in like a subtle sort of way. It's not opulent and garish or anything like that. I'm I'm a big fan of this thing. And it and like the other fusion I had, it has stainless steel frets. As a Wilkinson bridge instead of a Floyd. Um, but I don't miss the Floyd at all. It's super duper tuning stable. I was dive bombing this thing and didn't have to tune it at all. So I'm pretty stoked. Uh, but, uh, one of the biggest reasons I got the single cut is that mm-hmm. when they put me on, um, the new affiliate program at Toman, uh, I was able to start seeing what people were buying through my yeah. affiliate links. I only covered this once at the first TGU. By a landslide, people are buying this guitar more than anything through my affiliate links. Like, they're just buying, 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 buying dozens of these things. And you know, because it's a sub-$200 guitar, uh, I, you know, I don't make very much on the affiliate links for them. But I figured, uh, 
man, if this thing's so popular, I've got to have one. Like I've got to, I, you know, I've got to experience this thing that everyone is getting. Um, obviously it's popular and I can kind of see why now I can definitely recommend this guitar despite yeah. the fact well, that it has a really ugly headstock, like super duper ugly shape. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the specs on that fusion and you know what jumps out to me? What? You know what kind of frets it has? I already told you stainless steel. <laughs> I zoned out when I was looking for it. I wanted to see what I wanted to see what the product pictures on that neck look like. That is, mm, it's pretty. That's a r- really nice looking neck. And it, I think it's oiled. It doesn't feel like it's a poly finish. Uh, it's not like a satin poly finish or anything, anything right. like that. It feels like a gun oil sort of thing. Like it's really impressive for just under four hundred bucks. I, I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, also, it's like three seventy nine. That sh- is that is. Friggin' fantastic. I don't think it's as good quality wise as an Ibanez AZ. Like it's I think a few hundred bucks shy of the quality point of that. But man, if you're curious about an AZ but don't want to do the full dive, I think it's a good right. taste test. I think it's a really good taste test. You know? The, the, oh, the the fusion that has a fl- adds a flame top fusion is a veneer. Yeah. I guess it, veneer is not well, Whatever. remember the the other fusion that I had had a veneer and it was flat and ugly. Yeah. And also uh, their other fusion that sparkle doesn't have the baked maple neck. I think the baked ne- the baked maple neck is the way to go. I it's I think it really makes it because I I tried the other fusions a year ago at Tomin and I was like no mm-hmm. that baked maple is what I want. I've also got in front of me something that's probably intimidating me more than it should. It just arrived in the mail today. Um, Yo, yeah. Big old Chase Bliss box here from our sponsor. That just holds like multiple. Ooh. Yeah. It's... I didn't get my joke out in time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever, Steve took too long. Ooh. That's a sex joke. Look at the size of this thing. <laughs> That's it's huge. Bigger than, it's bigger than my head. You should just put it in front of your head for the rest of the episode. Got all them fancy sliders on there. I you dropped it. I I feel intimidated not because, like, it's complex. uh, I think Joel said on my Instagram, like, it's probably our least complex pedal ever from Chase Bliss. That's probably true. But because of just, like, how imposing it is. Physically, right. like this thing commands your attention and it's not, it doesn't look like any other pedal. I, and it's going to be, there's going to be certain ranges on this thing that are going to be pretty subtle with the mm-hmm. preamp sort of stuff, but then it boosts into full crazy fuzz. So I could just focus on the fuzz in my demo and not worry about the preamp stuff because I'm not a subtle, you know, like, mm, let's, you know, detect the notes <laughs> sort of a, Sort of a reviewer, player, demo, or whatever. But man, I could blast some fuzz on a $700 pedal yeah. <laughs> with moving some, sliders. I mean, there are some things on it that are pretty, uh, pretty intuitive. I mean, you set you set things where you want, and if you want fuzz or not, you're just pushing a button. Yeah, I mean, and you bank through presets, fuzz, you know, and uh, you know, it's got MIDI control on there too. I could connect a guitar with the Noatronic thing and probably blend in between settings. Or control something with the MIDI or whatever, if I wanted to get super crazy. Or maybe control it with, uh, 
I know you can do MIDI controlling with uh, HX Stomp and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. There's just something about it that just feels so special. I don't feel worthy. Well, that's because you're not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all. You're, you're a hack guitarist who needs to take more lessons. I'm a hack guitarist You who's... should spend less time making videos and more time taking lessons, Ryan. Someone today commented that I need to spend less... I need to stop buying guitars and practice on the ones that I have. <laughs> I'm like, yes. What you should do... You, Probably be next, true. Your next... Uh, your next uh, series of like you know you're doing the road case thing. Uh-huh. The next one should just be getting sponsors to to sponsor of <laughs> to get lessons. Video <laughs> it's a series of videos of you taking lessons. <laughs> so I got this comment today. I took a screen grab of it. I haven't posted it anywhere yet. Uh, Boo Boo says, "Stop buying new guitars and learn to play the ones you have." Ugh. And then I replied, are you a caveman? I read that, uh, as a caveman grunt. Boo-boo say, man in bad magic box, no hit music stick good. Learn how better hit music stick, says Boo-boo. <laughs> His name just worked with, you know, my little joke too. So I'm happy about it. Uh, anything else new? I can't think of anything else new. Can you? That's nope. it. You want to hit the first topic? I want to hit the first sponsor, but you basically just did it. Oh, damn. Well, maybe we should do the other sponsor instead. Okay. And then we'll come back to Chase Bliss and give him double sponsorship. I don't know why I'm taking notes on what order we did the sponsor. And anyway, this week's first sponsor is Tour Gear Designs. They make this tiny little pancakey looking molded soldered guy. It's little. They're tiny. They're super flexible. And I think that's uh, my favorite thing about them and any patch cable, really. I just love a really soft, flexible cable. That's really where, um, you know, the versatility comes in for me. I mean, the small heads are nice. I mean, they can butt up next to each other, either like that or in staggered sort of situations between pedals. Yeah. Like, they get razor thin. The little kind of, uh, what is what is the sleeve, the, the stem on it, whatever you call that, is actually yeah. really short compared to a lot of other patch cables, uh, letting you have plenty of room for that nice, flexible cable. It's great. I think these things are really awesome. Uh, I've got a six-pack of them that I've been using in all my affordable demos and stuff like that and various pedal demos, and (laughs) they've been really convenient. And if I ever need more, I'm probably going to end up ordering more because I actually really like them. Uh, So if you want some of these... um, I don't think I put the link yet in the description oh. for the live people. But for, for the rest of you, click the links down below and uh, order yourself some. Use code 60CycleHum at checkout for 15% off, or is it 10? 10% off. 10% off. <laughs> Gosh. Also, there's a bit of an affiliate uh, thing in there for me, a little cutback yeah. for me if you're thinking and about my do, income. Uh, if you do $100 or more, shipping is free. Free ship. If you're going to rewire your whole board with a patch cable that is small and flexible and convenient, I mean, you're going to spend a hundred bucks rewiring a normal pedal board, getting all your patch cables, unless you make your own cables. And then in that case, like, I don't want to hear from you. You're a snob. That's not true. You're not a snob. You're a handy person. <laughs> Still though, spend a lot of money, spend money till you're happy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Remember when that was our? We said that on an episode, and people got all mad. Did they get mad? 
Yeah, some people were like, oh, we're in the middle of an economic crisis. <laughs> I think that's why it was a joke. <laughs> I just put the I just put the link in the Oh, in the thank thing, you, by Steve. The way. You're an angel. I know. <laughs> so I, can. I grabbed uh, two different topics this week uh, instead of our normal one mixed with an album review. We're still going to have the album review, but I, I mixed yeah. an ad because it was like, these are two fun topics and I want to hit them. Uh, first one is one I grabbed off of the subreddit group, uh, Guitar Circle Jerk. <laughs> I've been spending some time over there. Uh, I've been lurking for a long time. Um, something happened. I'm going to talk about this first. Something fun happened over there recently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the subreddit Guitar Circle Jerk, they are obsessed over there. It's, this person is basically their god is Tyler from the Music is Wind channel. Right. Every other post is about Tyler. Something about him. The way he looks. Something about his wife. And trying to not be creepy, but kind of creepy ways. Uh, Something about the way he plays, what he plays. Okay, it just dawned dawned on me. So Music is Wind, the whole thing with him and his wife is he teaches his wife how to play like Taylor Swift or whatever, right? Right, right. And so the obvious copy thing would be you teaching your wife how to play guitar. But the she ends up teaching copy me. Thing would be you teaching me how to play electric guitar. <laughs> so, anyways, they've they've been trashing on this guy for years, maybe forever. Like mm-hmm. he is the central point of their focus. Right. He recently found out about the subreddit and posted on there. I was like, "Hey guys, look through everything here. You guys, you guys are wild." Uh, I'm down to do an AMA if you want me to. And the very next day, he didn't ask me anything. Nice. And he took it like a champ. Super good sport. Super good sense of humor. So I'm here to congratulate Tyler for having a good sense of humor and being an upstanding citizen of the internet. And uh, you know what? Congratulations, Guitar Circle Jerk. Uh, your wildest dreams came true. Uh you know, the your muse has become your deity. <laughs> <laughs> so good on you guys. Because um, <laughs> they all, they're all, like, singing his praises now because he's actually cool with them and, like, didn't right. throw a, a fit or anything like that. He had fun. He had a good sense of humor in the AMA. I read through maybe, like, a quarter of it. I'm like, this is going a good direction. I, I think yeah, this is a lot a, of fun. When AMAs, like, blow up, it's so – I don't know how people read it all. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so much. Well, I tried to read it. I tried to read like a Jeopardy AMA for I don't remember what contestant it was, but they had an AMA, and it had like four hundred comments on it. And I'm like, do people actually just read this? <laughs> it's crazy. So, anyways, I was on there today, and this screen grab popped up. Of course, over there they make fun of people who are crazy for Boscatanas. <laughs> but, yeah. anyways, uh, you know a Boscatana. Is you know an amp that I you know I enjoy it greatly, but it's obviously an amp that is going to be very accessible to new players, and so there's going to be interesting mm-hmm. discussions around it. This post says can't get any sort of high gain or distorted sounds, and then edit. Thank you. Many people commented that I should try make try maxing out the volume knob on my guitar control, oh, on my guitar to control the volume through knobs on the amp. It worked. Thank God nothing is wrong with my amp. I was the problem. I would always put the volume knob on the guitar to like 2 out of 10 when playing the high gain stuff because I didn't know it mattered. 
Thank you so much for everyone who tried to help. I love you all. Rock on. And I was thinking about this. And first, you know, initially you're like, who turns down their guitar? Right. Playing through a high gain for anything. Like, why would you do that at all? But then I really started to think about it. And it's like, if you handed someone a TV remote Mm -hmm. or a stereo volume knob I was like hey go crazy what do you think the default setting was and they just went straight to max you would right. you would think they were an asshole like so maybe like the first time you pick up a guitar or your fir- your early experiences with a guitar it's not that crazy to be like oh I should probably start at one and work my way up yeah I don't know that's so weird because I basically you, you don't really you might not have the concept that that 10 is basically just open it's not about turning it up. It's about you have the ability to turn it down. Like you want to start with the valve all the way open. Yeah. I'm I'm like reading through these different. I'm, so I actually found the thread because it's only at one day old. Right, right. It's new. Um, And it, it's just wild. But yeah, a few people were like, oh, it's your guitar turned up. Like, Or some people were like assumed that that was already the case that they weren't screwing that one up and that it was the, um, that like the, the cable was broken or something. Oh, sure, sure. But, um, that's wild. <laughs> I just never like, I don't know. Like I've never, I, I've never thought of that. Yeah. We never when I, like first got one. I mean, when I first got an amp, my goal right away was to try to turn all the knobs as far up as it could on everything. But I'd seen right. I'd seen Bill and Ted. <laughs> Maybe this guy had never seen Bill and Ted, <laughs> so he didn't know you're just supposed to roll everything all the way up. You know, I used to just love turning my crate all the way up and then feeling like the air vibrate in and out of the uh, headphone jack. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a little fan in there. It's moving the air around. Uh, but I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting. And maybe there's not a lot to work with there. I don't know. No, it's it's. It is interesting so far that, like, you know, most people even... Like, I think pretty much all of my guitars, if I have the volume knob at, like... Because they said it's, like, two, two out is of ten, off, right? Two is basically, it's basically off. It's basically off. Like, if I'm at two out of ten, how hot do, am I... Like, how hard am I cranking my amp to even be able to hear it? Imagine when this guy figured it out. He must have... He Assuming he has... The uh, Katana 50. Still a stupid loud amp. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to figure out why it's so quiet. So he's got the master up. He's got the uh, the first volume up. He's got the gain all the way up. He's like, why is it so quiet? He's got the EQ all the way up. Trying to get extra sound out of this. And then he bumps the volume on his guitar a little bit. And all of a sudden, like, his windows blow out of his house. Right. Or something like that. Oh, that's a dangerous knob if you've got everything else cranked and it's all dependent on your guitar's volume. Like, I feel like I need to try that now. Like, <laughs> roll the guitar back to, like, two and see how, like, loud I need to turn my amp. Because most of my amps I run below, um, below, definitely below, like, 12 o'clock. Oh, Sure. Like oh man, anything. I I run all my amps 
like almost by like below three on the dial. And I feel like that's pretty spicy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually going for a clean, clean, clean sound. Uh, uh, bot rock 47 says when I got into guitar, I used to pester the folks in my local shop with thousands of questions. New guitarists have the internet. That's a hundred percent true. I mean, yeah. I had the internet technically, but, uh, it wasn't easy to find information back then. I don't think I'd found the Harmony Central boards yet when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, the first electric guitar I had had a knockoff Floyd Rose on it. The first time I broke a string, I ended up in the local shop that specialized in renting out, you know, band instruments to the marching mm-hmm. bands. And I brought in a Floyd Rose. I was like, how do I change the strings on this? I don't understand. And they were only familiar with the kind of Floyd Roses that are like back loading where you could slide the string in through the back. And so they were like trying to figure out how to slide the string in through the clamping screw (laughs) and they couldn't figure it out. And like, we, we don't know. We don't, we don't know how to work (laughs) with this one. And they sent me home without knowing how to fix my guitar. And I just had to sit there and mess around with it and, and monkey around with it to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I used to, I used to go hang out in guitar shops and like sit there and act like I was looking at stuff and then watch other people who looked like they knew what they were doing and sing <laughs> and like trying to watch like, you know, the, the shapes that they would play on the fretboard to figure out how to play things and then go home and try it, you know, and it was a different right. world. Even though I was on the edge of like being on the internet in the, the mid late nineties, like it definitely was not the amount of information that we have now. That's for sure. Yeah, I think, I think to, you know, I, I, it probably depends where you go i think it took a while for the internet to um go like publicly as full troll as (laughs) it is now i gotta say in the in the late 90s being on the harmony central board there was plenty of trolling and plenty of misinformation And that was part of the problem. It's like there was information, but you didn't know which of it was real. And right. which was like someone being pissed off at you because you asked a question that they think is obvious or has been asked a million times and things like that, you know. So th- thankfully, it seems like people helped this guy figure it out. And, you know, I'd say well, that because it probably because it was actually in, you know, it's like it was in an actual group. And folk, this is just a screen I, that's, grab. That's, that's definitely that's, like. Oh, this yeah, is in the R Boss Katana group, which I should, I should right. probably join. So, so that is something that I've seen, particularly on Reddit. Um, you know, if you go to a product, right, there will be actual page, support. Your people actually are interested in like learning more about what they're doing and then sharing information. If you go to like, you know, it depends. Like our ba- uh, the base subreddit's not too bad. When I venture in there, uh, guitar pedals can get really dumb. Yeah. Guitars is a mixed bag. And then, you know, the circle jerk version of all of these is like intentionally awful. Yeah. All right. Next ad. Yes. Yes. He says, uh, how do I, how do I, there we go. I figured it out. This thing's fun. Uh, this was posted to the group by L- Guitars for Idiots. I think it's one of those situations where a group has joined our group or a page has joined our group. Yeah, yeah. Another Morongo Valley. Is this is this the same one that we've uh, looked at before? The same guitar or same Morongo Valley? I don't know. The same the same 
Morongo Valley store because we've oh maybe uh, this is uh, this is like a parts build. If you read the description, this guy uh, got this body that had been never used. It's uh, built mm-hmm. by Coral, which was a sub brand of Dan Electro or you know a sister brand, right? And then he built everything around this. He built the pick guard, uh, those pickup rings. Uh, he found the uh, the tailpiece for it. He put his own neck on there. It sounded like he might have made the neck or done a parts neck or something like that. The The description isn't completely clear on that. I mean, it looks like a custom cut headstock. That's for sure. Um, but I think it's a really fun project. And I have definitely seen these bodies before floating around for not expensive. I've always wanted a longhorn. Yeah. And this turned out really sharp. I think it looks really great. That's really interesting. Because it definitely looks like something proper it, from that time period. It looks period correct, but no, it's it's a it's a parts build that he did. He wants eight hundred and sixty five bucks for it, uh basically nine hundred bucks after shipping. Um Yeah. I don't think I would pay that, but me looking at it, I'm like Man, maybe I need to be on the lookout for one of these bodies as a project starter. I'd have that aluminum neck. That would look good on this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The aluminum neck would look wild. Yeah. Oh. So I'm what do you think? At... 900 bucks. I mean, the so for what it's worth, somebody else sold a full-on coral on um i don't know how much it's actually sold for but there was a listing for like a full coral uh dan electro coral longhorn blah 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 serial number etc etc uh that was listed for nineteen hundred dollars damn son so it makes me wonder like how much was is just the body by itself worth yeah, that's a good question. Like, it could be worth something. Let's uh, jump over to the old Abay. Coral Longhorn. Let's see what pops up. Oh, it's just a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be a tough Google. <laughs> I'll try adding guitar to it. It's weird. Like, there's also a bunch of these were acoustic guitars. Yeah. No, I'm not um, seeing. I had one Dan Electro pop up. Uh, very rare double eagle longhorn Japan vintage, but it's not a coral. It's a different build. Um, but they want fifteen hundred dollars for that. But it's not this same thing. I know I've seen these bodies pop up. The same way this yeah. guy found one in unused condition. There, you know, the uh, when Dan Electro shut down, uh, you know, there's just a pile of bodies sitting around and parts just kind of right. sat in warehouses. And I think that was the situation with this. In fact, let me, let me go over to the description and I'll just read it. Oh, um, I thought you just did. No, I just I loosely described my memory of it. Uh, so this guy started out as a new old stock coral body left over from a closed Dan Electro factory. It spent the last 60 years being an used body, making zero, an unused body is what he's trying to type, making zero music. 
It was totally like that doll in Toy Story 2 that spent its whole life in its packaging. Super depressing to me anyways. So when I met this unlucky dude, I was like, guess what? And he looked forlongingly at me and was like, what? I go, I will make you into a weird guitar you were designed to be. And on top of that, I have a bunch of friends on the internet that will play the shit out of you. And maybe, just maybe, you will get to be in Guitar Player Magazine. And then they'll be like, where do... I get a cool guitar like that. And you'll be like, suck it. I am one of a kind, baby. What a happy ending. You don't need to think about the depressing six decades you spent in some garage somewhere. Anyway, this guitar is made out of a vintage body and tailpiece, but everything else is new and made by me. The tuners are nice grovers. It's solid as a rock and sounds awesome. So basically, this is a funky old guitar with tons of vibe that has low action and a really one of a kind look. It's definitely not a collector piece, but will serve you well and give you some new sounds to play with. So it, by that language, it sounds like he did build the neck. Yeah. And I don't know if it, that's true about it being in Guitar Player Magazine or whatever. Um, but maybe he has some sort of a, maybe he's a writer over there or something like that or whatever. Maybe it did end up in it, but I, I don't know anything about that. Maybe he's just, uh, <laughs> you know, weaving a yarn for the internet. Yeah, I don't think it's... I don't know if he's saying that if you get this, you will... I, I think he's saying, like, maybe some... You know, it's like Jack White bringing back oh. the Montgomery oh, okay, yeah. stuff. Montgomery Ward's. Wow, I forgot Montgomery Ward's full name. <laughs> well, you forgot his middle name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this store is wild. They are selling also selling a Texas Instruments speaking math that is circuit bent. Oh, okay. So, like... If you, there's like a bunch of switches, so if you plug in straight and all everything's off, it's just a normal speaking math, but with an out, 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 uh, um, like a speaker out right, right. cable. Are you familiar with speaking math? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so it behaves normally, but then you can start flipping switches and it'll start like, like a drone that will like warble with the vocal part and. Uh, the guy's also selling electric kalimbas. <laughs> That's wild. So it's really goofy. All right, guys. This episode was brought to you by Chaseless Audio. Makers of the Automatone. Right here in my hand. It's a collab between Benson. Oh, actually, this is the preamp MK2. Oh, it's the Automatone series. <laughs> yeah. Preamp Mark II in collaboration with Benson. Yeah, it says Benson right there on the back. Uh, it's a preamp, it's an EQ, it's a wild, wicked fuzz, and when it's plugged in and powered up, these sliders move all by themselves. It is magic. If, you know, if you do a stage show, performing musicians someday again, in front of people, just put a camera on this thing, put it on the big screen behind you, everyone's <laughs> going to have a great time watching this thing jump around. So huge thanks to Chase Bliss Audio for continuing to sponsor the podcast, uh, they make this content possible, and because of that, you should consider buying something from them someday. Maybe two things. Maybe everything that yeah. they make. So anyways, click the links down below. Tell them we sent you. Give Joel a big old kiss right on the cheek, not on the mouth. If he consents, kiss him on the mouth later, but give him a kiss on the cheek if it seems like he's into it. You might give him coronavirus. You might get it from him, too. That's bad no. advice from me. <laughs> One more, should we do the topic or should we do the ad? 
Oh, we were and we're out of ads, so we got to do we're a topic. We're out of ads. We're doing a we're doing this album review. Oh, album review now. Oh my yeah. goodness. Uh, this week's album of choice. You know, I was a little annoyed that you ch- selected this album. Um, Why? Because it's too good. Because I told you this morning that you didn't have time. Uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know what my time, what my day looks like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like how much time I'm going to have. And so the last time I had that problem, you selected Weezer's Blue album, which is like a 15 minute I, album. Even had I not, li- yeah, even had I not listened to it before, it's like a 37, 39 minute album. This is literally like um, one of the oldest. Or one of the longest albums on our album review list. I, I definitely feel older after watching it. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Feel aged. <laughs> um, so this is the this was the first time I've listened to this album. I don't know if it was. This is the first time for me too. I mean, I've heard the radio hits like we all have, um, yeah. but I I'd never listened to an entire Tool album. I've never listened to anything from the Maynard family of bands full albums. Like I haven't listened yeah. to the yeah. Perfect Circle or anything like that. Um, uh, what'd you think? You know, it's one of those things where this is a band that a lot of people get very excited about and the people who love them really, really, really love them. It's a lot like Weezer that way. This band is I, exactly like Weezer. I kind of also, <laughs> a comparison I made in my notes is that this is the nineties through early two thousands rush <laughs> like like it has this enthusiastic fan base that's kind of dazzled by what they think is complicated playing um but the rest of us are just kind of like you're nowhere near as complicated as just normal jazz and a lot of the stuff that's going on in here is pretty dead simple like i think my big critique of a lot of this a lot of this album because you know hearing the radio hits you're like oh man this is you know this this got a real mood to it when you hear a whole album of it and it's the same kind of thing happening a bunch of times i mean the recipe for a tool song is essentially a heavy riff Mm -hmm. i will say it's a heavy riff that's being looped like 15 seconds of riff that's being looped over and over and over again. Some really, just really fun drum playing. I think the drums are the core element of this band. This the is the uh, you know the reason to to listen really. Uh, but then it just feels like this loop that riff, this riff loop and Maynard just you know spending a day riffing over that. And then they hack it up to a little bit, and oh, here you go. It's a song. It's got three riffs. One riff comprises eighty percent of the song, and then there might be something resembling a bridge. <laughs> and that's every single song. It's it's definitely it feels like a loop album to me. What do you think, Steve? What's your hot take? I don't know if I really have a hot take. Um, there's definitely give me your I cold take. I, I think there's probably more going on. Then, then probably... And I'm not saying simple is bad. I think simple can be a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of fun to this, but I think it's a lot to listen to in one sitting is all of this together. I think it's like, you know, I definitely get what you're saying. You know, if I think about Rush 
through the lens of freaks and geeks. Um, <laughs> I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense because you know a lot of, um, a lot of uh, people, a lot of the people I knew in high school who are into Tool were also like massive potheads. Um, <laughs> I mean, this and- is definitely an album where you throw this on. It plays a long time, long songs, nice, slow, heavy riffs. You just hit that bong till it's gone, and I'm sure you're having a, a great old time listening to Tool. Like, I get it. I get it. Um, but to me, like, I don't know, it just seemed like kind of boring at a certain point. <laughs> well, isn't there also, like... A thing, um, isn't there a whole thing too where both <laughs> Rush and Tool espouse some like weird version of conservatism? Well, R- R- Rush is super hardcore into uh, Ayn Rand stuff. Um, For some know. reason, I was thinking Maynard was as well. But, Main- but... I think the whole thing with Maynard is is you know just atheism i think that's his whole thing (laughs) from what i've gathered from people talking about him it's just you know issues with you know god and the church and whatnot which is fine right it's fine for people to write about that musically creatively artistically whatever they want to do any direction you want to go it's it's your choice to have uh, whatever expression you want to have on your thoughts on religion but is it you know at a certain don't at a certain point it becomes kind of like a a one note argument um, but uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't spend a lot of time dissecting the lyrics in this. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I didn't I either. The, I kind of just, um, I got the feeling that he had a lot of trouble with a, uh, with a, uh, a jigsaw puzzle at one point. Oh my God. Cause he knows the pieces fixed. <laughs> yeah. The pieces fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want, you know, the politics or whatever side, I, I feel like there's like, it's like one of these like ultra deep, like you really got to pay attention. It's not, you know, it's not like green day. It's not like green day. I can agree with um, that. It doesn't have the pop sensibilities or the fun or the listenability of green day. So I'll say like, I, I guess the thing I, I first keyed in on. So again, uh, what I started to say and diverged on, cause I got stuck on rushes. I, I think, uh, you, like you said, there's if there there is a simplicity to it, but it's like a complex simplicity because there are these polyrhythms, and you know when the when the drums are doing something weird, it doesn't like even if the part you're supposed to be playing is really straightforward, you know, if your drummer isn't playing the same time signature that you're supposed to be playing, that automatically makes the music like kind of hard to to do. I guess I was, I was sitting there while some of the songs were playing and I was kind of noodling over it. And I was like, this, no, this isn't hard stuff. Like I'm a dumbass. He doesn't understand time signatures at all. And I was like, I have no problem playing over this. Maybe it, maybe it's easier for you because you know, I have been in bands with you where you have struggled to play, you know, four, four songs in four, four, because there was like a syncopated note in the middle of a riff. I'm, I just admit it. I'm a dumbass with that stuff. I feel like I'm In a little fact, smarter with had it a, now. We had but... a whole conversation today about Lincoln Brewster. 
<laughs> and I remember there being a specific Lincoln Brewster reference. I was like, Ryan, you're killing me. It's bad. Anyway, um, the, the, the thing that, the thing actually that stood out to me about this album is, is, um, aside from them being late nineties, then the late nineties rush, mid late nineties rush is, um, I thought they're the, I expected this to be a lot more intolerable or at least the impression of it to be more intolerable. And maybe it, it says something about the kind of music I listen to. Like you were um, expecting it to be like too hard for you or something like that. Maybe not too, maybe not too hard, but at least hard enough that I would be like, Oh, this is, um, this is like, it's got, he- it's got like heavy riffs in it, but it's not at all like a difficult listen. Like anyone could listen to this, you know? Right. I- exactly. Exactly. I would say this is like, uh, if you said, Oh, you like metal and you should listen to tool. But I was a Metallica fan. I'd be like, this isn't metal. Like this <laughs> right, is right. heavy, but it's more, it's more of its own thing where it's like, and for the most part, the, the vocal is pretty, it's not like, like I would say nine inch nails is more metal than tool is. Yeah. Because, the, because even like Maynard's vocal, I actually, I really enjoyed his voice on this album, but the vocals not like. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any problem with his voice. I didn't have any problem with the tones or the production or even kind of like the voicing of the songs or anything like that. Uh, I think the thing that took me back was just kind of how simplistic it was when I was expecting it to be. Because it kind of gets talked about as being, you know, kind of like kind of proggy, kind of, you know, advanced concepts and stuff like that. And I was listening to it and literally like, I started to draw comparisons between these songs and kind of the Dandy Warhol's more like self-indulgent ventures into songs that are really just one chord with like two riffs over it and are just, you know, like long, like jams. They're fun jams, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not complex in any sort of way. And I was just, right. I was a little bit taken back by just how simple a lot of it's, this is like it, the, the it's almost like uh it's almost like once you once you figure out the trick right like it's it's maybe it's a complicated trick but if you can either you can do it or you can't and if you can versus like you said like um even thinking of like um uh an album that eventually i, I think we will get to is um is probably um I want to say at the drive-in, not at the drive-in. The Mars Volta's right, right. Bed, I was actually Goliath. thinking about that. I was thinking about the Mars Volta, which is crazy because I'm not like a huge Mars Volta guy or anything like that. I was listening to it. It's like it. It feels like it wants to go that direction where like it'll scatter into a million different directions, but then it really just is the same riff, right? For the whole song, where right. there could have been this opportunity. To go this super proggy, super like uh, kind of outside the box direction with that kind of riffing, the kind of playing that's being done. Like if you keep exploring that and getting more and more wild with it, it goes some really interesting directions. Yeah. But instead it was just like, okay, here's the riff for this song. Buckle up. You're going to hear it a lot. Uh, It's kind of similar to the riff for the next eight songs. So. Well, it kind of, and it's kind of interesting to think about that way. And we're definitely, you know, um, like I said, 
the Mars Volta has been suggested to us, and we we will do that one. Uh, the one that we may or may not do, and it, it might drive you crazy, is the band that people really think of as well, at least that I've seen, at least some people compared to as the the actual modern Rush, though never never as big, is uh, Coheed. Sure. But I have a feeling you might stab yourself in the ears. Yeah, I, I know I don't like the vocals for Coheed. But, uh, um, but, but for, I understand but, the comparison. But, I also don't like the vocals for Rush. So. Yeah, and, and for what it's worth, like, there's, I, like, I do agree with you, you know, when, as you put it out there, like, um, Tool, like, the, at least the songs on here are very uh, established the riff, and then you just, that's what yeah. you're doing. That's but I mean, you're doing. people clearly like it. So it's like they're, they've succeeded. Yeah. They've, whereas, they've made something that people like. like. Coheed and, um, and the Mars Volta are more in the ones where they're writing songs that don't have choruses. Right. And so you're getting like five or six different movements in a song. Or if you have a chorus, it like comes out of like it comes back to the chorus and you're like, how did I get here again? Yeah. I feel like if I was in Tool as the guitarist, I would have a tough time, not because the riffs are hard, because I could learn all those riffs. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have a tough time because you play the same riff over and over again for such long stretches in the song that I would have trouble remembering when to change to the few parts where it turns to something else. Right. It's like... Oh, the the band is doing something. I, okay, it's the next riff. I I started to doze off there a little bit. I will say there were there were some moments that I really enjoyed. I really enjoy the use of like slow racked wah pedal to do like filter mm -hmm. stuff. And there, I think there were other like slow like flanger and phaser mm -hmm. effects every now and then. I thought that was really creative. I thought it was a fun sound from the guitarist. Um, someone commented earlier like, "Oh, you guys actually need to listen to the music." Yeah. We we did. I listened to the full album today. Copel said that you guys need to actually listen to the music. I did actually listen to it. I mean, I th and that's the thing, right? Is is that maybe that's the tough thing about you know most of the album reviews that we do are are one shot. Like if I if if I'm picking the album, I usually try to pick it early enough in the week that I can maybe listen to it a couple times, but. But a lot of times these are like first impression plus like a, you know, their pop culture reference. Like what it, what was going on in my world when I first heard schism? And one of my notes is that the word schism is ruined for me because on the greatest generation, I was like, schism, schism, <laughs> the greatest generation being a Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Uh, there was one song. Let me find. Uh, let me find my note on it. Oh, Reflection. I don't know if you remember that song. Uh, I did because I thought it was Disposition. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there listening to it and feeling the pacing of it and feeling the way it it hit the scale vocally, like the vocal inflection on the scale. Mm -hmm. And I started to hum a song over it. I realized that if you do it the right speed, nice and slow, you can 100% sing the verses to walk like an Egyptian over that song. <laughs> Do 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 like that's the key right there. Do 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 do. Whoa! Like it's the same scale, and it has like the same like cadence. If you slow it down, the way it leans in that do 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 do, 
Uh, and once I heard it, I couldn't stop hearing it. Oh my god! <laughs> Whoa! That's a great song. It's a really good song. <laughs> I want to hear that song now. I want to figure out if I can hack uh, <laughs> Walk Like an Egyptian over a Tool song now. Right. Or maybe I can right. hack Maynard singing into Walk Like an Egyptian. <laughs> you, got, you, got, what, you got any other thoughts on this? Is this an album you'd come back to, you think? I, you know, I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to listen to a Tool album again. I don't really care about Perfect Circle or any of the other projects. It's just not my style. Um, but I, you know, I didn't hate it. I was just kind of taken back by how simple it really was compared to, I think I was expecting something like you. I think, I think I was expecting something a little bit more challenging, a little bit more heavy, a little yeah. bit more, uh, inaccessible. And it just felt kind of like big open loop jams to me. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I could, the problem is, is, for me thinking about this question is this album, the sound of it checks a lot of boxes that I look for when I'm listening to work music. Mm. But the problem is, is I feel like I stumble on accident into bands that I feel like do what I want better. Um, so it's like, okay, I don't, I'm, you know, not being not with there not being anything about Tool that makes me think like, oh, I really want to listen to Tool. You know, a lot of like shoegazy, doom, whatever bands have those same kind of guitar tones, that same kind of like heavy riffage that works really as, as like just background sounds. Sure. I think if um, I was if I was in the mood for big, slow guitar riffs. And kind of the moods that you get in this, I think I would go harder into like core doom sounds, you know, like, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be messing around with tool. I'd be going straight for doom bands. Yeah. I I think that's kind of like where, what my thought is on this as well. Here's my, here's my closing note. Um, I guess this is good background music for angry teens or whatever. Leave this on. While you read, uh, you know, Nietzsche quotes on the internet. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, last topic, or do you want to do housekeeping before we do the topic? Yeah, hold on. I'm refilling my, uh, I'm Ste- refilling my. Okay. My show us. Yeah. Here. So we don't believe that we don't think that you're <laughs> like burbling big pores of piss and do an open jar down there. Little did you know. Multitasking. <laughs> um, I I wheel yeah. like a porta potty in here. I sit on a toilet while we podcast. <laughs> so um, housekeeping. Uh, thanks everyone who supports the show. Uh, if you would like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast or follow the link in the show notes. Uh, whether you support the show at the $1 level or the $69 level or the $420 and 69 cent level. Um, you know, uh, we appreciate, we appreciate everyone or send us, you know, send us music. I, I said this last week, uh, we are running on the, ver- I mean, we have like six weeks of songs left, but that goes by really fast. So if I don't start asking for people to send in songs now, we will run out. Um, just, you know, thanks everyone. Thanks everyone in the live chat tonight Absolutely. for hanging out. 
we're not ignoring you. We're just not, um, we're just not addressing it as much in the, in the show to keep it more audio friendly. Yeah, it would be, it would be less fun for the audio podcast if we're just reading comments. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anyway, like I said, thanks everyone who supports the show. And if you want to help us produce what we do, the inner circle is paying for my camera. Thanks inner circle. (laughs) Thanks inner circle. That's absolutely true. All right, we should uh, start getting the inner circle to pay for our internet bill. Uh, it's probably uh, go broke. That's you know that's a little tough. Um, <laughs> I already you know write that off as a business expense, anyways. Um, so someone posted this to our group. Alec Ramirez did. This is our yeah. f- closing topic here from Deadbeat Sound. Uh, my name's Doug, and it's been my absolute pleasure supplying you guys with cheap pedals. I've been I've completely lost my passion for pedals and music, so I've moved on to focus. On just marketing. I'd love for this to go into good hands. If you are interested at all, please DM or email me, blah, blah, blah. Send me an offer. Also, if you think I could help with marketing for your business or someone you know, please email me as well. Uh, sale includes Instagram slash Facebook audience, website domain transfer, overseas factory for production contact. Uh, I think that means you get the contact information for the production. Uh, copyright. Yeah email list and industry contacts no product will be included in sale um are you familiar at all with deadbeat um i know that they i think was it the void was a pretty popular pedal they did they described themselves as broke teak pedals i think that's great that's really fun uh, um, they were making those wood panel sided uh budget friendly pedals uh, yeah. yeah, they had like a like a modulation that was like a multi-modulation with a dial in the middle with little LEDs you could select. There, there was a couple of them. I think Josh Scott did a video about them. He did. Like a did. year or two back or something like that. One of his early videos. Apparently it was 36, week ago, week, 36 weeks ago. Okay, so late last year. Um, yeah, th- but... I the times that I've looked around trying to see if I could buy one, they didn't seem like they existed anymore. So I have a feeling they've been in decline for a while, and the guy's just ready to unload it. But they seemed mm-hmm. like they were a popular option. Do you think this is a company worth buying with what's being offered there, which is basically copyrights and contacts? They have a bunch of stuff on eBay, man. Do they still being sold new? Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't. Um, I didn't look hard enough when I was looking. I don't know the answer, you know, to that. I know they you do. don't know the answer. This is it's speculation, Steve. <laughs> I think I th- I think the question I would have is what what do you think eleven thousand Instagram followers is worth? Is that worth very much? It's worth about a uh, hundred bucks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I don't say that flippantly, or like you know, they have a YouTube channel um, that uh, has. Um, uh, a handful of videos. I can't count this real quick. And about a thousand subs. Um, no, I don't. Th- you're, I don't think you're buying the social media. You're paying for. No, it. you are. You're but, only. You're buying the name and the social media and pre- basically nothing else. Well, you're buying the brand and the ability to continue to produce them, but then you have you have to recontact the factory. And, and order more basically right so so i mean i get like that's the thing is 
The difference is you don't have to hire a graphic designer because the graphic designer is done. You could just contact this company and, you know, just be like, hey, uh, make this stuff, you know? Right. Um, the thing that's I think it's, always been... It's a, it's a company that's already started and it's just waiting for someone to pop in with the funding to, to restart it again, to kick the engine back on. And be like, hey, factories, ma- make me a new pallet of product and ship it to me and I'll start distributing it again and trying to sell it. Um, that's what you're buying. Yeah. Uh, Big Gear just asked, Grant just asked, copyright but no trademarks? It didn't mention trademarks. So I don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling you'd have to write him and, and ask him like what the specifics you are. You don't that. think that that was, I mean, do they own it? What, what would be a trademark here? The, the, is the graphic design, is that a, is that a trademark or is that a, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to this question. I'm not going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a dumbass with that, with that question. <laughs> um, I, know, I know there are differences. Um, Oh, Grant says, so then you aren't buying the name if you're not getting the trademark. Is, is, I don't know. It sounds a little, you know, unclear. I'd think that if I was going to be buying it, I'd want to buy the whole kit and caboodle. I'd want to buy the whole thing. I wouldn't want it to be like, oh, I'm just buying the operation side of it. I want to buy the whole brand. Yeah, so I'm reading. This is from LegalZoom. There we go. Copyrights protect creative or intellectual works, and trademarks apply to commercial names, phrases, and logos. Mm. So it sounds like you wouldn't. The that is there even copyright? Is there even copyright involved here? Right. Because if all this person is, if all this company did, and, and maybe they're they're doing there's there's definitely like kind of a more to it. Like the Deadbeat had really cool marketing going on i mean one of their pedals that was like really neat was the was the one they did that was basically an upside down case where the with a plexi top so Mm. you were looking down into the circuit right right uh called the the visible overdrive um they did this station series which is like a um moog bunch of moog clone looking things yeah i that those are the ones i'm familiar with the the moog mm. style thing i was like kind of familiar with the, what they called the black the blackout series i think it's called uh the black series which was the the void um was part of that the we, the weird looking delay that they had mm. the thank you distortion that looks a oh, lot yeah, like the a thank pie you. uh big muff pie uh, those were the ones I knew from that. Um, I feel like for me to be like, say I was a potential investor. I could be, mm-hmm. I've got at least $475 in the bank. I could buy a company. Uh, <laughs> I could, I could sell a few pedals and make this happen. Um, if I was going to buy a company like this, I'd want to already be a fan of them. I don't have any of their right. stuff. I'd want to be in the situation where it's like, oh, they're for sale. I own like six of their pedals. I think they're great circuits and I think I could sell them. Maybe I'll look into this. But where I'm at right now, I couldn't imagine just being like, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, let me let me buy them. I'll, I'll buy the company. I'll, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, 
kickstart them back into production and turn this into a profitable venture for myself because I care deeply about the brand. Like it's, it seems like, I don't know. Maybe there's people out there who feel that way about dead, bold audio, but uh, it's not me. You apparently care so little about them that you just said deadbolt audio. Deadbeat. <laughs> you know me. I'm famously bad at talking. Uh, so apparently someone, again, we're coming full circle. This is from uh, our, our, uh, the Guitar Pedals subreddit, the Void Reverb, and uh, all the rest. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks like they could be that. Um from one of these series as just uh, El- Elica guitar effects. And hmm. apparently like a lot of the stuff in the deadbeat, they are different cases, but it's the same. Kinda neat. Looks like the same circuit design. Yeah. 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 It uh, wouldn't surprise me at all, especially if this, you know, this stuff is being made overseas. It's import stuff. Uh, broke teak is a fun term for it, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if, there wasn't a lot of original circuitry going on in these. So yeah. you're really buying an aesthetic. Right. And, and, and it is, it is a cool aesthetic. Like I'm not going to, oh, sure. I'm not, I can't push back on that. If you're you buying like a that cool, aesthetic. It, when you buy those pedals, you're buying a cool aesthetic at a more budget friendly price than a boutique pedal. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see, the box style for some of these is, is definitely really close to um, the Elica case. Sure. I, I mean, part, part of me is like, if I was to start a pedal brand, and it, you know, it's easier for me to say this because we have a built-in audience and we're not starting from dead zero, but if I yeah. was to start a pedal brand, I'd want to start from scratch. I'd want to con- contact a manufacturing company like, oh, here's my idea for a custom case. Uh, I'm looking for circuits that do kind of this thing with these kinds of tweaks. And mm-hmm. I would just you know, pay whatever development fee there is and start my own brand and start my own thing. And then maybe it would end up being the same or less than buying an existing brand. Right. And I could do my own art and everything and name my own pedals and whatnot. So what do you, I mean, I, I guess one of the problems I have with this topic is like, I don't sucks and we should have never started talking about it. Well, I just, I, I don't know how much something like this is worth. No, me either. Right. Especially because like, I have no idea if this is worth $10,000 or $200,000. Like you said, like it, well, and that's the issue is, is so from what conversations that we have had, with people who um, have contract, who have at least looked at contracting OEM for pedals, is you're um, you're looking at like what a, a, a five to ten thousand dollars just to order inventory, right? Right. That at least that's my understanding. Now, maybe because some of these already exist, like. Is there any pre-existing inventory? Did he just say, or did, was it just like ship everything direct to Amazon, you know, figure it out. And what's done is done. You're, like, you're paying for the, the brand work that they've done. The building a brand, uh, building a following. You're paying for whatever R&D was done, developing the product, the packaging, 
all that stuff. All that stuff has already been done for you. You're 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 paying for a ready to go company that you just have to make a few calls and get it back into production. So whatever that amount of work is worth to you, like it's just sitting there. Like you could buy this company and have product being produced for you tomorrow in theory. So, so I guess like the question I would have though is like how much um how much R like how much R and D do you think there was? Well, even if it's really dirt simple, like you still have to do all the emailing back and forth and approval of stuff. Like you still have to have products sent to you, and you know it's, it's still got to be quite a process. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like they have quite a, they have a decent amount of product in their product line. Right there's uh there's one, I think there's something like maybe ten or twelve total pedals. So for product development, you'd have to go back and forth and getting prototypes sent to you and whatnot and approval and developing the art for 10 pedals, which is, I mean, it's pretty simple art on the 50-50 pedal, but it still took me weeks to get around to deciding that I was good with it, you know? Not that their graphics are difficult or anything like that. It's pretty simple stuff. Um, But, you know, the, the cases seem like they're well designed or or at least uniquely designed and maybe it was the pre-existing case that they just pulled the trigger on i don't know but there was there were decisions that had to be made so there is r&d time on these even if you know it wasn't any hard sketching stuff out and coming out with unique plans or whatever decisions had to be made and if you just buy the company as it is you don't have to make those decisions the products are just waiting to be produced again but then yeah, if you it's... want to develop new product for this, this brand that you bought, then you have to start doing R and D again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at, you know, it's interesting because some people like, maybe that is the, that is what it, you're just paying for the, or the research, the research was the housing. So like those, those Moog looking ones, uh, on the gear page, they're saying that these are at least the the chip is out of a Hotone pedal, hot one, hot, hot tone, I don't hot know. tone, hot tone. Uh, the these are the same potentially the same as like the cool music pedals, but yeah, no, it, you know they're not they're not they look they look way better, right? But but it's also that thing where it's like you're not buying something unique. Totally. You're not buying something unique. You're paying. You're paying for an aesthetic. Yeah. Which um, isn't bad. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not bad. But it's like, I wonder how much money you could make buying the brand and instead of selling pedals, selling the cases to pedal builders. Can you even? Can you get these cases? I mean, maybe you can. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, but if the you've invest, can get... they've invested R and D time into the manufacturers to be like, hey, des- design these cases for us, and right. then populate them with pedals instead, because the, the cases are cool. Those like Moogle looking cases. Mm-hmm. Instead, provide those cases via like a, a mammoth or small bear sort of website, and say, really cool pedal cases that you can build projects into. Maybe they would be a really fun uh, kit platform. You know, reinvent the brand in that sort of way. My suspicion is that there's not enough profit margin to make that work. No. 
Probably not. As I was that, saying it, I was thinking that. <laughs> that, you know, people will, I think people will pay, you know, okay, this is, say, say this, these pedals are just like we said, like they're Elicas or they're cool music. You can get the same thing, but in a not very interesting case mm-hmm. for like $30, or you can get the deadbeat version for $70 or however much they are. They're like, I think the what I was looking at, it said it was a hundred dollars, but it was marked down to sixty, so I don't know what the real price was. But even sixty, so say it's double the price, but you get a cool case. But if you're just buying that case by itself, like you're not gonna get thirty dollars for a cool looking pedal right, case. Right. Because like a Hammond aluminum enclosure box, like when you go buy that for like fries, is because I used to buy Hammond boxes at fries, they're like the most expensive one is maybe twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah. And that's for like a really a big one, like a standard like fifteen ninety or one twenty five B sized box. I was getting those for like five or six bucks a box, and that's the most expensive part of a pedal. And I know we've talked about this before. Sure. It's like what well, the, the most switches expensive? were most important, like the foot switches. I mean, most expensive. Yeah, like it's like the foot switch, and then depending on what quality jack, if you're getting a high quality jack, yeah. Like, I know that if you get concentric part. pots, concentric pots are stupid expensive too. Like, yeah, but who uses concentric pots? I wanted to on the fifty fifty, but it was too expensive. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I suspect. I don't think anyone's going to buy this company. I yeah. could be wrong. I mean, all those circuits you were mentioning, if they're Hotones, if they're cool music, whatever, a lot of those circuits can sound good. The problem yeah. is that they, they already exist in 12 different sub-brands of import companies. And it's just like, you know, it's not special. It's not exciting. Like, if people are buying something with a boutique look, they want it to have a quirky feature. They want it to do something something else can't. They want to feel like there's something special going on there. And... um once it gets out that there's nothing hot under the hood, most people aren't going to be interested despite it looking cool. So, I don't know. It's, it's a rough sell. That's for sure. You want to tell us about the song, Steve? And then uh, here, I'm going to put the link in yeah, this, the uh, this, live uh, chat. And people can join on and chat with us for half an hour or so if they want. Sure. This uh, song was sent by Andy Schaefer. He says, hey, Ryan and Steve, not sure if you need a song at the moment. We do. Or not. My podcast listening is a bit interrupted since I'm not at a desk all day right now, but with my current extra free time, I recorded this song I'm calling Quarantine Sweetie. I use an American Strat with a bridge humbucker for the bass and some guitar and a 90s Duosonic for the other guitar, all through Bias FX2 in Ableton. All the drums and keys are Ableton stock instruments. Maybe that's what I need is Ableton. Mm. I always think about recording and I'm like, oh, how would I do drums? Um, and the vocals were through the, the <laughs> my oh, brain yeah? broke and the vocals were through an MXL mic that came in a pack with the interface. Hope you guys are doing well with everything going on at the moment. Uh, he sent an attachment and a link, uh, but for you audio listeners, enjoy this song. It's called quarantine sweetie. And thanks Andy for sending it to us. Uh, as Ryan said for everyone, uh, on live stream hold on a second but before that let's end this right now and say thanks everyone stay and, grounded uh, stay grounded <laughs>